Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me here today again for my podcast and I hope you are doing fine wherever you are in the world. Uh, If you're joining me live on Facebook, my my podcast is, uh, my Facebook page is Dalit is Hebrew and if you're joining me on Google Podcasts or how Harper, it's um, it's uh, religions, regimes, and refugees, and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so very much for joining me. I really so much. I appreciate your presence and your support. So before we start, we will take a short moment to talk about the victim, the the survivors of um, the crew and passengers of the. T- uh, Titan, uh, who went down below the sea f- uh, surface of the sea uh, in the North Atlantic to go and uh, visit the Titanic, um, and their their crew, their submersive sub- submarine or submersible has been lost. There are five passengers, and them two of them are Pakistani Brits. Look, one is a teenager. I don't know what he was doing there. Why did his father take him? How did his parents say hello, let him go? Um, I know they've got money and they could afford it and it's an adventure, but it's it's just, it's mind-blowing. Why did you take a child there? But look, uh, they are somewhere below the ocean and I hope they are safe. I pray for their their return to the surface, and I hope my prayers and 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 and, and feelings are with their families and with the crew uh, and passengers of that small um, submersible. And I hope they are safe. They are still alive. And if you are wherever you are in the world listening to me, please send as much as energy to them and much as power to them, as much as hope to them wherever you are, because you're an electromagnetic field, you're an energy field and in your frequencies do travel and do help. So I hope that you could say, I hope you could share a minute or two or uh, spare some energy and some time to, to know about them, to, to send a message to them and to to send your energy and your power to these people who are who are caught in a uh, you know 10,000 12,000 feet below the sea face below the surface of the sea it's mind-boggling but look um, my heart goes out to them and their families and I hope they come back safely Uh, so today's episode to come back to it, um, we're going to talk another about another monument. Okay, uh, the Titanic was a, a monument that inspired a generation and you know a hundred years of people and the culture of its time. We're going to talk another monument today, the Taj Mahal, that has inspired generations in this country and around the world. Um, And and we want to to discuss it sl- s- very slowly, very lightly today. Just a small talk about it. Um, there was um, recently a man who built a Taj Mahal for his mother out of love. He was so, um, you know, he he was so much in love with his mother, so grateful, and he built a small Taj Mahal for her. Kudos to him, you know, absolutely kudos. My heart's off, t- my hands off to them, my heart off to him, and, and my hats off to him, and kudos to him for building this this place of love. 
Um, there was another man, a postmaster, someone who worked at the post office, who built this for his wife, a Muslim man. Uh, a small little uh, uh, Taj Mahal. His wife died, and she didn't have any kids, so he, they were companions of each other. And I, some years ago, I, I read it on on the news. Um, so he built a with his own hands, one brick at a time. He built the Taj Mahal, uh, not as big as the monument, but a smaller one and enough, uh, you know, life more than bigger than a life-size monument. And he was a postmaster in um, in India. Um, he built it out of love. Now all these these people, these few people who built Taj Mahals in in the image of the Taj that was originally built. Um, my my hats off to them whoever you are the love and the energy that you've had that goes through you and the passion that goes through you to build this for your spouse or your mother or a member of your family um you must really be in love with that person and really be inspired by that person and um, i wish that that love transcends the planet and the cosmos because we all need a lot of love so but as these two monuments, as Taj was built twice again by two men uh, because of love for their spouse or their mother or a member of family, uh, my question to you is, was the original Taj built for love or bought for love? Okay. Um, because everyone thinks that Sajahan made built the Taj Mahal. Okay, but Sajahan, uh, you know, did he really build it for his wife or did he buy it for his wife? Because the evidence shows something else. The Taj was not built for Sajahan's wife, Mumtaz Mahal. The Taj was bought, my dear friend, for, um, uh, for Mumtaz Mahal. And we're going to go through documents over here, or should I say proof over here, comes from the Sajahan's autobiography. And he actually purchased, uh, he purchases the monument, okay? So I'm going to go through data with you. F this is from the actual, um, well, from the, uh, his chronicles, his official autobiographies. So six months after the death of, the, of Queen Mumtaz Mahal in June 1631, AD in childbirth her body was brought down from the town of her initial burial place Buranpur and taken to Agra it was buried on the grounds of the Taj Mahal um, official chronicles of the court written by Kazvani as there was says as there was on the southern side of Akrabad adjoining the city on the banks of the river Jamuna a tract of land called Zamini which formerly was the house the Kana that means the house of Raja Mansing okay if you're if you're if you're look, watching me or you're 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 following me on Facebook I'm doing this live but at the time of it, he was in possession of his at, at this time, the house, that means the Khana, was in possession of his grandson, Raja Jai Singh. And the Raja, as token of his sincerity and devotion, donated the said land, the Zameen, and considered this to be a source of happiness. However, His Majesty, in exchange for that, that means Ivad, granted the Raja a lofty house, a Khana 
i Allah, which belonged to the crown estate. Now, there were three uh, three chroniclers. Um, the other one, Lahori, uh, notes as the tract of land. Is, that means the Zamini of great eminence and pleasantness towards the south of that large city on which there was before this the mansion of Raja Mansingh, that is the Manzil, and which now belonged to his grandson Raja Raising. It was selected for the burial place of that tenant of paradise. Okay, so it says here very clearly on it was um, the tract of land of great eminence uh, and pleasantness towards the south of the large city on which there was before a mansion. So it's very clear there was a mansion already standing. Sali, okay, who's another chronicler, says, after reaching Akrabad, it was entrusted to the earth and the heavens um, like the tract of land situated on the south side of the abode of the caliphate, uh, overlooking the Yamuna which had belonged to Raja Mansingh and acquire it his majesty the caliph ranked has had given in exchange in exchange Ivad a mansion Manzil loftier than the said mansion to the grandson Raj Singh um, Raja Raj Singh so we see here that there was a mansion already on the tract of land that was uh, that was bought by Sajahan, okay, a copy of the royal farmman to Raja Jaising, dated 26 Jamuda the second, 1043, sixth regal year, a certified copy of the farmman, and was dated 28 December 1633 in Gregorian calendars. His exalted Majesty, it says, be it known through his glorious farming, marked by happiness, which has received the honor of issuance and the dignity of proclamation, that the mansion Haveli detail in the endorsement, together with its dependencies, which belong to the August Crown property, has been offered to that pride of peers and vassal of the monarch of Islam, Raja Jaising and hereby handed over and transferred to his ownership in exchange for the mansion Haveli formerly belonging to Raja Mansingh. That means it says here, which had that pride of the grandees willingly and voluntarily donated for the museum Makbara of that queen of ladies of the world, ladies of age, that honor of daughters of Adam and Eve, and upholder of the statue of chastity of that time, that Rabia of the world and, and chastity of the world religion, that recipient, recipient of divine mercy and pardon, Mumtaz Mahal. So she says, so the chronicler himself says, and the farman says very clearly, uh, that there was a mention uh, owned by Raja Jai Singh and in exchange for the mansion formerly belonging to Raja uh, Raj Singh this um, this house this mansion th that was uh, now become the Taj was given to uh, Sajahan and Sajahan gave him some gave, gave Raja Raj Singh uh, something back in return um, endorsement of the reverse Fahman the mansions together with their dependencies belonging to the August Crown Estate in exchange for the mansion Haveli belonging to Raja Jaising. Uh, 
which that pillar of the state, for the sake of the illumined tomb, willingly and voluntarily donated by the as a gift, have hereby been granted by us to the said Raja and settle on him in full ownership. A testament of the seal, seal, certified as a true copy of the original, the servant of religious abode, Muhammad Abul Barakat. Thus we have enough of evidence showing that Emperor Sajahan not only received the land but the mahal or the museum intact from the Hindu king Raja Jaisin. Okay, so we have the chronicles, we have the farman, we have the attestment of the farman, the seal certified as true copy, um, the servant uh, signed by the servant of the court of the Muhammad Abu Barakat, um, and proof that Raja um, Jaising owned the land and the estate and the uh, mansion, the manzil on that land, and it was given to Sajahan in return for another mansion. So, uh, so um, Sajahan did not buy, did not build the Taj Mahal. He bought the Taj Mahal. Very important. Okay, and what is the proof that he bought the Taj Mahal? Okay, let's go to the proof. So on the d because he buys the Taj Mahal, six months later, he brings the body of Mumtaz Mahal and buries it there. Now, if you've bought a land, you've bought the manzil, you have to bring the manzil down and then you have to redo the foundation and build something else and then transfer the body because the body is on the, set on the third floor, body is not on the ground. So... You can't do that in six months. But remember, the, uh, uh, India has rains for six months. You can't build anything. So anything that was done was done after October onwards. So October to December, and here we go, then they bring, that means two months or three, two and a half months, and they bring the body two and a half months after they buy the mansion. So it's not possible. Uh, let's go and see about the anniversary um, celebrations. Okay, so we'll go to the anniversary celebrations and we'll take a look if there's any more proof. The official court chronicles of Sajahan, written by Taba, uh, Taba, on the occasion says on the occasion of the first anniversary of Mumtaz's death, it states assignments were made to the dispensers of the affairs of the government and good fashioners of the workshop of the kingdom to make necessary arrangements for the occasion, and acting in compliance with the royal order, they set up in the courtyard of the auspicious mausoleum, that's the Rosa, heaven-like tents each one of which could be excellent an excellent substitute for the dal badal on on their sides and borders there were erected canopies of painted gold brocade velvet each one of which is in wit and color fullness boasted in equal status with the brightness of dawn and the colorless color colorfulness of twilight so on the first anniversary, that means she dies somewhere in June. Uh, when, when, when did she die? I think I have it here. Um, when does she die? Okay, yes, June 1631 is when she dies. Okay, so June 1631. Um, 1631. And one year later would be 1632. 
Okay, let's go back here, 1632. So the, we see that in one year's time, they set up tents in the courtyard of the, of the auspicious mausoleum. Now you're telling me they broke the old mansion down and built it up in, in, in less than six months because their body was only bought in December or uh, Jan. So in six months they had a ceremony and they're already talking about a mausoleum. Not possible. Okay. What is important over here is the part which is highlighted in bold. Okay, this part. There is no way in one year since the Queen's death the six the courtyard and the mausoleum was already ready to conduct a ceremony as noted in the chronicles. Neither could would the foundation be even halfway to the competition. Until September India experiences rains, hence any work in essence would have been done only from October onwards. According to the chronicles, work started in January of 1632, hence six months. If there was any Munzel mentioned on the ground, just bringing it down would be a couple of years. Also in the above chronicles, we see that there was already a mention on that piece of land given to Sajahan by Raja Mansing. Also, nowhere in the chronicles is it said that they destroyed the old mansion and built a new one. There were notes but of laying a foundation of a tomb, but nothing in depth. Just a small articles giving brief description. So we see in one year's time, they already had the anniversary celebrations showing you as proof that this was bought, this was not built. With the mansion already on the ground, it would not be difficult to understand that the Taj was completed in record time. If it, it is also not difficult to understand that on the second anniversary of Mumtaz Mahal's death itself, one of the chronicles written by Tabai Tabai and Bedal Khan, superintendent of the Royal Goldsmith Establishment, submitted for inspection of His Majesty a recently gold completed golden screen on which 40,000 toklas of gold had been expended and which was decorated with inscriptions and floral designs in orbs and hanging lamps. Uh, and in compliance with the lofty degree, and the railing screen was installed uh, around the illumined resting place and constellation orbs, lamps, and suspended around it. And in the evening, the illustrious, illustrious mausoleum became, as it were, the replica of the expansive Mount Sinai through the shining reflection of the radiant presence of that candle of the bedchamber of the glorious caliphate. The first lady of the royal Sergalio of the kingdom, the princess of the world and its people, Begum Jahangara. So thus we see the mausoleum was already existed. Not only existed, but they had constructed a gold screen around the grave. The mausoleum shone in the evening like the light of Mount Sinai, which is the desert, okay, which is where Moses saved the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt, a story which belongs to the Jews, but now transferred to the Christians and the Muslims. Other chroniclers repeat the same thing, but with contradictions. Uh, and all four sides of the platform on the plinth um, of the building of the holy tomb, the foundation of whose dome had not yet come up but above the ground, 
sky white tents and around them vast canopies were raised and the entire expanse was adorned with decorated carpets and assemblies place arranged that could accommodate a thousand people so here we see the platform of the tomb was already built on the top of which they built tents there should have been scaffolding and beams all around for the out structure of the building there nothing of it was mentioned the laying of the foundation includes building of structural beams of the mausoleum this also contradicts the previous chronicler who quotes to say the mausoleum already existed so let's go to the third person now we have a another chronicler who's contradicting the previous two he says at the beginning of the fifth year of the exalted accession in january 1632 the um, ex excavation was started for laying the foundation of the sublime edifice which situated overlooking the jamuna okay uh, river adjacent to the north and when the spade wielded with robust arms and hands strong on steel had with unceasing efforts excavated down the water table the ingenious masons are architects of astonishing astonishing achievements most firmly built the foundation and mortar up the level of the ground but in another lahori says the same guy who writes this before he says in the fifth year they started excavating down to the water table okay the other two does not talk about it lahori this fellow the third fellow says no no they're building a foundation but in the fifth year um and lahori however in another chapter 9.3 says on the 17th of Zikada 1044 that's 6th of May 1635 which is the anniversary of death of Her Majesty the Queen in the manner every year in the mausoleum rouser of that enshrined eternal mercy the Urs assembly was held here our hero Lahiri come chronicler says it was in 1632 the foundation was laid um, then he mentioned celebrating the fourth anniversary in the mausoleum itself four years to build a tomb you see um he's contradicting himself he's got one place he says five years later they start excavating and here he says oh no well um on the anniversary of Her Majesty's death in every manner in the mausoleum of that enshrined tomb. And he's talking of 1635, which is four years later. So he's contradicting himself. And now we come to another fellow, Casvini, in the official chronicles that says, corresponding to the 17th Zikada, that's 1044 or 1635, which is the anniversary of the death of that lady returned to divine pleasure, Her Majesty the Queen Mumtaz al-Zamini, and uh, an assembly was arranged according to the usual practice in the illumined mausoleum of that one resting in eternal paradise to which we are we were invited to the pious righteous memories of the quran recite and the reciters of the formulas of god another chronicler here showing the fourth anniversary celebrated in the tomb in in as in the previous paragraph while below sahi says the fifth year was the laying of the foundation now they're contradicting each other here comes sahi the official another one of the official chroniclers because it's three it says them again i'm not sure if it's three or four because i think one dies and someone takes over so i think there are four but um, i'm not exactly sure on that okay 
So in the fifth year of the exalted accession, the foundation of the edifice compared to which the solidity and the height of the foundation of the seven heavens of Shahada do not form even 1,000 parts was laid overlooking the Jumuna River, which flows to its north and at the bottom of the foundation, having been excavated down the water wonder the working masons raised its foundation in utmost strength, filling it with stone and mortar, and brought it up to the ground. Uh, you see, so this is another guy, Sahi, who, who contradicts himself, okay? Um, so you see, there are contradictions across the board. There are two who will say, well, no, they're already celebrating the um, anniversaries in the mausoleum. You have another fellow who says, no, he in, in the fifth year, Lahori says, um, well, look, um, yes, they're, they're excavating in 1635. But he contradicts himself afterwards in this Kazvini. Says 1635 again excavation, but they're most likely talking about excavating an external building because there are many external buildings on the Taj complex. So if they could have done the main building was there, the main three buildings were there, they could have done small outer buildings for their staff and things like that. Um, so yeah, we see we see that you know um they're all about the place they don't have no particular uh time for the com the beginning of the tomb laying of the foundation now you'd say if they don't know about the beginning they should know about the end well the completion of the tomb is a mess so officially the government of india says 22 years which is a figure taken from the accounts of the european travelers at that time however the taj by its own inscriptions was finished in half that time um, so in the space of 20 years, that building the Amara, the foundation of which is the eighth layer of the world and whose cap is the 10th proof of the world. Sahi in a statement um, says in 1643, the auspicious function of the death anniversary of a late majesty, Mumtaz al-Zamani was held in the illumined mausoleum of that holy qualities which has been completed at this time attended by learned and pious okay so here we go so we have the earliest calligraphy showing 1635 1636 that the marble uh, revetments in the dome hall were in place so that's four years after she dies four or five years you have a writing by amanat khan tomb interior south arch left end of the upper register uh you have an inscription over here. Um, you have an inscription over here. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. Um, inscription on the West Grill door in 1636-1637. An unsigned uh, inscription exterior of the tomb, West Portal, bottom side of the arch. Then, on, then you have sign signature of Amanat Khan inside the tomb, South Arch dated 10, that 1638. Um, a signature of Amanat Khan interior of the tomb, a southern, southern arch, bottom right side at the end of Surah at 39. The last inscription on the tomb is 1647. 
Now the gateway inscriptions are of the completion of the mausoleum dated 1647-1648 and it is impossible to have completed enough of the mausoleum to have commenced the calligraphy in 16, um, 1635, leave alone um, some parts which were even before that. So uh, you see we don't have a time limit, absolutely none whatsoever. So there are many, many discrepancies, and I can go through them all with you, but it'll take a while, so I'll leave some for the next time. And I hope you understand that Taj Mahal was not built for love, it was bought for love, and that's important to know, okay? The Taj was not built for love, it was uh, bought for love. Well, on that note, I'm going to take your leave. Thank you so much and cheers and stay safe.